Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome to another episode of Conspiranormal. I'm your host, Adam Sane. And I'm Luke Reed. All right, Luke. How you been doing, man? Excellent. I hear you've been uh, living the life for the last couple of weeks. You've been uh, dancing around in a man thong. <laughs> That's what Dan- I heard. <laughs> dancing on the Tennessee River in my man thong on a boat and taking a bath in lake water and... Uh, you know, drinking and all of those good things. You tell me about to take a bath in the lake water, man. How's that? How's, that, how's that exactly that working? <laughs> oh, well, uh, I'm not exactly the cleanest, as you can probably smell right now, but, you know, since you're a couple feet from me. Yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> you have to pull me aside and have the talk again. Yeah, we have to have the talk. <laughs> have to pull, pull Luke aside once and tell him that it's like, uh, was we worked together, and I said, man, uh, it's back when he was homeless. And I said, Hey, uh, I'm just letting you know, man. You really smell really bad. And, uh, <laughs> it's 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 really horrible. I can smell it across the room. <laughs> but you know, he's improved since then. Except now, he's bathing in lake water, old Hickory Lake water. Yeah, must be really nice. It's the finest. I'm sure it is. Well, uh, we had had a guest schedule for tonight. Uh, her name was Donna Parrish Biscoff. We'll try to get her back on. She um. She wrote a book called The Lee Avenue Haunting, and uh, hopefully uh, next month I'll try to get her back on. So uh, she's just not feeling very well, and uh, just my thoughts going out to her. Uh, I think she's kind of had a little bit of a hard time lately. But uh, uh, I, we're just going to just jam tonight. We're not really, you know, there's no subject really since we don't have a guest, but just anything that's on anybody's mind. Uh, 
I did go last uh, Saturday to the uh, Mid-South Paranormal Convention in Louisville, Kentucky, which is uh, something that I have been to several times. It's put on by the Louisville Ghost Hunters Society, uh, which uh, Keith Age is the uh, head of that. And uh, just really interesting. Uh, main thing that I wanted to see was a Extreme Hauntings workshop. It uh, had um, uh, Tim Yancey, Stephen Lachance, and uh, Bill Bean, all of which guys that uh, a couple of those guys have been on uh, TLC's Haunting series, if anyone has ever seen that. And uh, I will be having those guys on the show here pretty soon. But uh, Luke did not go. But uh, it was, you know, it's your typical kind of convention. They had the the haunted hottie over there. But uh, haunted hottie. Yeah, the haunted hottie. This lady was like pimping out her daughter or something, and like saying she was like a haunted ghost huntress. Oh. I don't, I don't know. She was like, <laughs> she was signing uh, pictures. Chris is over here losing it, but uh, she was signing pictures and like taking pictures with guys in like really short shorts. You would have enjoyed it, Luke. Uh, right on. Well, you know, I, last time I went, I wasn't too. Uh, I, I mean, I wasn't too stoked about going this time because last time it, it wasn't really a blast. But you know, there were some interesting things. I don't want to cut it down or anything, but. Well, somehow you thought that uh, you were going to be able to pick up chicks at the yeah, paranormal convention. I, I don't know I, why. I don't know how exactly that, <laughs> that occurred. I don't know why. I just thought it was going to be a party. It, I mean, uh, apparently the bus with the party took off to, uh, uh, what was it, uh, North Tennessee or, uh, well, it was in Kentucky, but it was yeah, like a some, mental institution or yeah, something. Yeah, something like that. Waverly Hills. Waverly Hills, there. yeah. There you go. And That's I'm sure they were really a party. I'm sure there were some ghost hunters getting naked. <laughs> <laughs> well... You know, they were like feeling cold spots. <laughs> okay. Well, anything. Anyway, anything on your mind lately, Luke? I was you want to talk about? I was going to say something and then I stopped myself. <laughs> okay, well, that's probably a good thing. Knowing you, man. <laughs> anything on your mind lately? Uh, as far as paranormal or. Spiritual anything, my friend, anything you want to talk about. Hmm. I am open tonight. We're going to have to cut out some negative space here. Oh, no, that's okay. Well, I do have something on my mind, and uh, I was going to kind of talk about this at the end of the podcast tonight, but uh, that is the uh, the shooting that took place now a couple of weeks ago now in Aurora, Colorado. And as we found out... Um, there was another shooting yesterday in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Yeah, I don't know at anything the, about that at one. At the Sikh Temple. Yeah, I'm not uh, I'm not too sure uh, exactly what happened to myself because I didn't really get to see it, uh, too much of it on the news yesterday. And by the time I got to watch the news, there wasn't much. You know how the, the news channels are on the weekend. You don't really see much. Right. You, you see like a five-second story and then it sure. ends. Um. There were a couple of things. Supposedly, this guy is uh, was trained at Fort Hood, uh, and he. The last thing that I saw when I left work today was that he was like he used to play in like neo-Nazi bands or something. But like he was in some kind of psychological warfare at Fort Hood. This is the last thing that I saw, and of course, you know, Alex Jones today was talking about it, talking about how it was like a. Another MK Ultra thing, but uh, 
I do want to talk about the Aurora shooting. And just to, you know, put over to you for just a little bit, Luke, what do you think about that? Anything that you on your uh, mind about uh, the Aurora's, Batman shooting? Oh. Um, Dark Knight? I've, I've heard several different things from different people. And, uh, I mean... Yeah, I'm I'm going with your theory on you know being mind control because of his connections. You know, with, yeah. you, you said a uh, grandfather in DARPA and 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 a father in uh the, yeah. in the military somewhere, the CIA or his something. His father uh, was in did some consulting work, I believe, with DARPA. Okay, I can't remember exactly what the um what company he was with. The father was a the grandfather was a colonel. Okay. This is James Holmes we're talking about. Yeah, the accused shooter. Uh, The grandfather was a colonel uh, stationed, I believe, uh, somewhere in, like, San Francisco. He was also, uh, like, in intelligence, uh, somewhere, like, something with the, uh, uh, like, an attache to the Turkish government or a Turkish linguist or something. Okay. Of course, Turkey being uh, proximity to the old Soviet Union. One could think the guy probably had some kind of intelligence connections. Right. Uh, my main thing, I remember I woke up, uh, that was the Friday morning. I woke up to hear about that there was a shooting in Aurora, Colorado. Uh, didn't really think too much of it. Uh, they were talking to some people there on, uh, I believe it was MSNBC that I was listening to. And I didn't think too much of it at the time, but as it kind of got going it's uh i saw uh that the shooter had given up right away uh i thought that was that was strange i thought that was a little little odd because sometimes in these things and as we're finding out with this shooting at the sikh temple yesterday uh they're usually the shooter is usually taken out by the police or b they're usually they usually kill themselves. Yeah. Which is what happened with, uh, at the Virginia tech mm-hmm. guy and the Columbine shooters. Right. Because those, that. those people I don't believe are under mind control. They just had serious problems, just serious issues. Yeah, and yeah. just finally snapped. Yeah. It's possible. Um, I was, so I, I was really interested in the story and I hear that also that he supposedly had wired up his, uh, whole apartment with, Explosives, right? Uh, like ball, uh, ball bearing explosives. Yeah, I mean, so we're talking some serious stuff. I yeah. saw them exploding them on the news. That's this is new technology, by the way, like new military stuff. Oh, it's really? only come out just recently. And he had spent all this money on uh, weaponry. He'd spent all this money on these this material to make these bombs. Um, now I've had heard I've heard that explained that you know of course he was a a PhD student that was leaving the PhD uh, program. So it's possible that he was using grant money, but he was getting a lot of stuff. I mean, a lot of just uh, really just all these weaponry and all these that you could only buy on the black market with. anyway. Well, possibly. I haven't heard that, but it's odd that here's the guy just, just doing it all over the internet. Like, you can get this stuff on the internet. Um, so, <clears throat> I was very uh, concerned by that. Uh, you know, I just thought that was so, so odd. Well, I get home that night, that Friday night. 
I find out that his PhD that he was studying in was in neuroscience. And I was like, neuroscience? I've studied a lot about the MK Ultra program, uh, which was basically CIA mind control. And for those who don't know what MK Ultra was, it was a program that the CIA used. They used uh, things like drug. They would use drugs like LSD. They would unsuspectingly uh, dose people with LSD uh, just to see what the effects were. And basically what they were trying to do is they were trying to create an assassin. Someone that could go in under their control and kill somebody. And probably not even know that they had done it. Uh, They would use things like a trigger. So like uh, something like a book or uh, a film or something that would that would trigger them into doing these actions. Uh, this was the idea of the Manchurian candidate, okay? And a Manchurian candidate, the idea comes from that when during the Korean War, uh, they started seeing the North Koreans releasing these prisoners back into into the uh, the the Korean and the U.S. Uh, soldiers' hands. And these guys were just acting really strange. Okay. Uh, they found out that some of these guys had been taken to uh, Manchuria, which is an area right next to North Korea, an area of China. Of course, at the time, well, still is communist China. Okay, and these guys were called Manchurian candidates because in Manchuria they were being by Soviet uh, scientists and probably Chinese scientists being brainwashed to be sent back into the uh, U.S. forces with the idea of creating havoc. I have no idea if they ever did any of that, but that was the idea. Uh, So there's been some um some other like assassins through history like Sir Hans Erhan who killed Robert Kennedy and uh Mark David Chapman who killed John Lennon and a lot of people think that you know Mark David Chapman was just a crazed fan and he killed John Lennon because he was obsessed with John Lennon well, there's some people that don't believe that. They think that he was possibly one of these MK Ultra Mind Control guys. Okay. And because like he had he carried the book Catcher in the Rye with him, which uh as I've you know, my studies into that have read that that, that that's a trigger to trigger um the actions to kill somebody. That when he shot Lennon, he called out Lennon's name. And when Lennon turned around, he plugged him with, like, you know, a few rounds, but in, like, a combat stance. Uh, The guy had been in the YMCA when he was in, in, like, Beirut in, like, the mid-70s, which is going through a civil war, which is in the middle of a combat zone. There's some idea that the the YMCA was kind of like a CIA front. Uh, So... When I look at this James Holmes guy sitting there in the courtroom, I think to myself, you know, this is on the Monday after. He's sitting in there and he's just blinking 
God doesn't know where he is. And reports of just like he doesn't like the prison food and he doesn't even know why he's there. And all these different things. So it was like now they're saying that, you know, they're not putting out pictures of him, but they're not putting out film of him, but they're putting pictures of him sitting in the courtroom and the court people, or some of the court like reporter is saying that he looks like he's just sitting there in a daze. He doesn't know where he is. It, it's uh, a lot of people are saying it's not the same guy anyway. They're saying it's someone completely yeah. different than. And I've heard that too. When I've they research the actual name. Yep. And you've got the, you've got those side by side, composite pictures. Yeah, and they look nothing alike. And they, yeah, and like like the 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 picture of James Holmes from an earlier time. His nose is flatter. This guy's nose is sharper. I don't know what to make of all that. Uh, I mean, that's something I think that bears further research. I mean, there's a lot of weird stuff with, like, the Kennedy assassination with, like, Lee Harvey Oswald. You know, there was, like, all these different Lee Harvey Oswalds running around, you know, and there was these guys that were saying, oh, this is not Lee Harvey Oswald that was shot and killed in Dallas after being arrested was not the same person that went into the Marines in 1959. So there's weird stuff like that that goes on too. Yeah. Okay. And that that's something that reminded me of of that uh, about the possibility of that not being the real James Holmes. So here's this guy sitting here in this courtroom. Who is he? You know. Um, and and the other thing that about this shooting that's crazy. And I'm hearing it again with this this thing with this uh, the shooting at the Sikh temple is uh, they were saying there were more people in the theater were saying there were more than one shooter. They were saying that they saw some people said that they saw a guy get up, answers had answered his cell phone, got up, went to a door, to the side door of the theater. Um, was talking to someone outside the door and then all of a sudden a shooter got in there and started shooting but there were people that saying there was more than one guy that was in there and this is always the more than one guy yeah syndrome you told me that it's always been more than even with the Oklahoma bombings yeah. it's always been more than one guy but the other guy seems to be invincible or uh, every report of it's just kind of like swept under the rug yeah, Oklahoma City. I was in my senior year of high school. I remember that when that happened, and I remember them being very keenly saying on the news, "We're looking for two guys. We got John Doe number one, which is kind of like a skinny white guy, and John Doe number two, who looked like kind of like a fat Hispanic or Arab guy." Well, the skinny white guy that turns out to be Timothy McVeigh who gets arrested, gets charged, and, and is later executed for it. Nobody ever finds the... the and nobody ever finds the, the fact. No one even cares about him after a while nobody, either. Nobody even cares. They just say, uh, well, that was just a mistake. We don't know. Who was he? You know, somebody had to have seen him with... And Timothy McVeigh with this guy. Right. For these reports to have come about. Yeah. Who was the guy? You got to think though there's only like five or six people that probably did see a second person and then their story would be so easy just to 
just to forget yeah, about. True. And um, I remember watching the Fort Hood shooting go down in 2009. And they were talking about that there were other guys that were around on that one. Uh, that they were had more than one shooter. And they were actually mentioning on the news, because the, uh, I believe it was MSNBC that I was watching, they had the local news feed on. And they were talking about that there was another guy that was, that they had cornered, like the police had him cornered. But then you find out it's this major Hassan guy and, um, you know, he got shot. So he's completely and totally paralyzed and he's in the hospital. So he can't, you know, really talk anyway or say anything. And then that's the Fort Hood. Like there's a connection to this guy yesterday on June the 5th or August the 5th. Sorry. That he was, um, that he's from Fort Hood and he's involved with some kind of psychological or psychological warfare. Now, what what kind of uh, temple is this Sheikh Temple? I mean, what what's the religious affiliation? Uh, Sikhs are a they're kind of an um, of like a, a a cross an amalgamation between Hinduism and Islam. Okay, that come from northern India. So they don't, um, they take some ideas from Hinduism, they take some ideas from um, from Islam. And the men wear these elaborate headscarves, okay, these things that bunch up onto their heads. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's been that idea of just like people mis- mistake them for Muslims and because they or they say they're easily mistaken for Muslims. So like some ignorant redneck will go in there and just start shooting them, you know, <laughs> but they're yeah, actually, cause they don't know who they are. Yeah. You know? Probably more leaning toward Hinduism. Yeah. Because our, you know, our wonderful education system is so good with teaching geography now. And, um, <laughs> and you know, religious differences. So, um, yeah, I, I, I look at, this James Holmes guy, and I just can't help but think that this guy is this guy is mind control. I mean, just completely, and that kind of it goes into the motive. Uh, you know, I, I listened to Alex Jones, and what he says is that it's about the the UN gun control. That there's a UN gun control treaty going to be signed, and so that the powers that be want to make it so where that they can use um shootings like this to turn um american people against gun against these right. automatic rifles and already it's just so many of my friends are against guns altogether they they hold the position that uh if there are no guns in the mainstream that there won't be any shootings but you know you, you can get anything if you've got the money you can get anything right sure right and, and i mean if you make guns illegal well i mean Criminals are still going to get them. Yeah, it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't change anything. Right. Yeah. Not a thing. And um, that makes the the U.S. people just defenseless if if something were to ever happen. You know, no telling what that would be. But yeah. if something happened, then we would all be defenseless. Even if they just took away semi-automatic weapons, uh, and we just had 
you know, just pistols were all that were allowed because that's what they're working toward gradually, you know, working toward taking away semi-automatic weapons and then just making it just pistols that you're allowed and then eventually they'll go after those too you know maybe you can just have flintlocks <laughs> yeah that'd be fair you have to pack the barrel each time with gunpowder <laughs> yeah i know try to get like like soldiers with ak-47 see how far you get right right in the the uh apparently they've got these new gamma ray ri- rifles that they're uh that uh, they haven't implemented yet i guess but they shoot a concentrated beam, uh, gamma ray, and it just will melt anything it comes in contact with. Sound cannons? Just just kind of a rumor that I've heard. Yeah. It, yeah, the sound cannons are, are uh, out there in the public. They use them on cruise ships because for some odd reason, weapons still aren't allowed on ships. Like, <laughs> Right, so they can easily be taken over by yeah, Somali pirates. <laughs> right. right. That makes that, a lot of sense. Right, it's, it's brilliant. Makes a ton of sense. Uh, yeah, I mean, so there's that there's that gun control, um, that gun control aspect to it, I guess. But also, um, there's there's something else that I think possibly that could just be um, the idea of like a strategy of tension uh, that you're getting people worked up just to keep like the fear going. Yeah. Um, there was an idea, there was a a program, the people that are familiar with 9-11 Truth are probably familiar with this, called Operation Northwoods, and this was uh, something drawn up by uh, one of the Joint Chiefs of Staff in the early 60s, okay, and uh, Cuba was, was going on, Cuba, of course, was this communist country, still is, right, you know, 90 miles off the coast of Florida, Okay, and that was uh, seen as a huge embarrassment to the United States. Well, one of the ideas to try to get a war going with Cuba, with Fidel Castro, was this idea called, this thing called Operation Northwoods. And what it was, was that they were going to stage terror attacks inside the United States. So, let's say like the army or some other group, CIA possibly, would stage these attacks inside the U.S. and blame them on the Cubans. So that we could say we had a justification to go to war yeah. in to, with Cuba to attack them. Of course, we'd already attacked them once in the Bay of Pigs, but this would be like a real military attack. Uh, one of the things in Operation Northwoods was one of the places they would attack. They would attack places like buses, but one of the ideas was to attack movie theaters. Yeah. Um, Kennedy did not go for Operation Northwoods. He canceled it. He said, I'm not doing this. This is crazy. Okay. Uh, so, but I think some of these ideas have survived. How did how did that report uh, surface? Like uh, the, it the was North released Border. under Freedom of Information Act eventually. Okay. Um, after about forty something years. WikiLeaks. <laughs> no, not WikiLeaks. It just, it just it was old. Yeah. It was just old, so they released it. Uh, and so you know, 
there's that the, once I, once I think an idea is out there, even though that particular program was never implemented, um, that still is somebody will still look at that and say, you'll dig it up about thirty years later and say, hey, that's not a bad idea. Yeah, they still know what works. Okay. They still, you know, they've got they've got teams of strategists that know right. what going on, know right. what's going on. I, I'm sure the inner workings are just like so intricate with professionals on each subject that sure. that is planning and scheming. And in our lost episode, which is still lost, <laughs> I'm looking over at Chris, but uh, we had uh, Tom Bionic who we talked to about sleep paralysis, but one of the things he talks about is false flag terror, and he talked a lot about Operation Gladio in that. And um, Operation Gladio was this, um, it started out as a as a stay-behind group uh, for NATO, so that if the Soviet Union attacked Western Europe and took it over, these guys would be like a fifth column that would cause all sorts of problems for the Soviets, for the communists. Uh, so, but one of the things they did once, you know, the, the Soviet Union never attacked, so they had to have a, a justification for their, for their existence. So what they would do is they would, they would stage attacks. They would blow up, uh, railway stations, um, attack people in, uh, like, uh, airports and such and blow buildings up and they would blame it on the communists, which was the political opposition in Italy. Okay. And there was this whole idea that they had that was called the strategy of tension. Just that we're going to keep people just constantly in fear. People are constantly going to be looking behind their backs against the other. Okay. And, I just have to wonder if it's not about the gun control, then maybe it's just about that, just keeping people constantly on their feet and just wondering what's going to happen next. Uh, you know, when he talked about that at a, at a conference that we were at uh, about a year and a half ago, you know, I immediately thought of, like, Columbine. And I don't know if there's anything that was bad that went, you know, that was that happened you know, as far as like a false flag thing at Columbine. But I can remember that pretty well because I wasn't too far out of high school at the time. And I still knew, still knew people that, you know, were still at least in, barely in it. And, you know, that did ramp up the fear. It ramped up the fear of like these kind of, uh, you know, nerdy goth kids. Yeah. Like they were gonna come into the school just any time. Yeah, that that was, had a huge effect on people. Yeah, there was gonna be this plague of of uh, nerdy goth kids coming in and just blowing everybody away in school. Right. Yeah. And one of the interesting things I found about that is, is though, is again, where did this happen? It happens in Colorado. Um, Colorado is a huge. Um, center of the military industrial complex. There's a lot of aerospace uh, uh, centers there. Boeing is there. I think Lockheed is there. Uh, so there's this this idea that they're just trying to just heighten up the tension. Um, 
The only thing that I think is strange about Columbine was that there was this guy, like he was 23, 24 years old at the time, and he supposedly had sold them the guns, the weapons that they used. And I remember hearing that, that they arrested him, but I don't remember hearing anything else. <laughs> yeah, he's he's arrested and nothing about the trial or anything yeah. or how much time he's going to serve or if he's on death row. or. <laughs> so, so who was he, you know? Yeah, uh, one of the kids' parents was was in the military, and I'm not saying you know military kids are gonna all military kids are gonna go out there and kill people, but somehow, uh, you know, like James Holmes, his family has this this connection to the military. It's like somehow they find these these people that have this somehow this connection to a military industrial complex, and. For some reason, they they tend to use those people. Yeah, I don't know why. There's a there's also um, whenever they come back from war, they feel a sense like a lack of purpose. They felt they feel, you know once they're in like wartime, they feel uh, um, they they have an objective and they know what they need to do, you know, and they feel kind of useless yeah. in a way when they come back here to America, and. Uh, that suggests that they're just like a, in a more unstable mind frame or mindset, you know, that's more vulnerable to, uh, to mind control and stuff. Sure. Um, it's entirely possible, um, that some of these people could be ex ex soldiers, but I, I see just more of this like susceptible young men like, uh, you know, James Holmes, you know, he puts out this eerie picture of himself with his, uh, you know, orange reddish hair, but he believes he's the Joker, and then he's got like this um, disembodied head of a woman behind him. And he had sent that picture to people. And you know what? What is that? It's almost as like there's a spiritual thing going on there too. Um, one people I'd like to have on the show sometimes a guy named Russ Dizdar. He uh, works on a lot of this kind of like stuff with like MK Ultra uh mind control stuff and some of how like the uh satanic ritual abuse is used in some of that too to induce people to split their personality into so many different directions. Yeah. Um so yeah. Um, any thoughts? Well, uh what 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 is something if any that you think would cause schizophrenia in a person uh well schizophrenia i would say is just is sometimes just inherited uh right it can be inherited but from any of those mind control experiments did you ever come across any anything about them making someone schizophrenic yeah i've heard of things like inducing multiple personalities mm. uh some through the use of like ritual abuse and some through the use of drugs but one of the things I heard recently was um, there was a, a doctor, Dr. Colin Ross, who a Future Quake had on at one time, and he he's a a doctor that has looked into the whole MK Ultra stuff, and he said one of these one woman that he he met, uh, she had gone to this through through this and they had actually erased her pretty much erased her brain they took her this 25 year old woman took her to like just pumped her so full of drugs 
so full of suggestion that she just went back to an infantile state to where she can't remember anything past the age of 25. Wow. Before the age of 25. Right, right. Okay, so she she just was erased. Like she was erased as a clean slate. Right. Um, That's not really too far off from impossible to me because I've, you know, alcoholics to have uh, memory loss and stuff, so why not expound on the, that reaction in the brain and just, yeah. you know, make sure. make chemicals that... And you could say, you know, like uh, Sirhan Sirhan, who... Uh, metal. Who, uh, he... He was um, the guy who they supposedly said shot Robert Kennedy. Well, he doesn't remember doing it. He doesn't remember being there. He was pretty much in a daze when he was arrested. Uh, there's plenty of proof, you know, really won't get into it, but plenty of proof that, you know, whoever shot Kennedy was actually behind him and not in front, as Sir Hans or Han was. That's his name. Okay, it's a strange name. But uh, there was supposedly like a, uh, the polka, the famous polka-dotted woman that was there in the, in the crowd. And he... Uh, supposedly the people think that she had something to do with it. Like she was kind of like a trigger to just put him in a trance basically. Yeah. And he still doesn't remember it. Uh, as I mentioned before, Mark David Chapman, the guy who killed John Lennon, he doesn't remember anything. James Holmes doesn't remember anything now. And, and, and of course people are going to say, well, of course he's doing that because he's just a, you know, he's a callous murderer and he's going to try to plead insanity. He's going to try to plead insanity. And of course, he's just acting it all up. But if you look at it, he's a good he, actor. If he, yeah. If he's <laughs> mind controlled, then people are going to say that anyway, because that's what they're going to say. Because uh-huh. they're not going to understand the other side that say maybe the guy's all messed up. Um, and talking about a trigger. Um, the the trigger for uh, Mark David Chapman was the book to, um, Catcher in the Rye. Okay, he identified with. I've never read the book, but supposedly in the book there's a a uh, <clears throat> the character Holden Caulfield is <laughs> the character Holden Caulfield is uh, your handlers are calling you Luke. Is my handlers is like uh, he's he's um yeah he's kind of like a grown up kid and that he wants to kill all the the phonies that are around and that supposedly that uh, and that's really the adult world he sees is the phonies and that you know Chapman had envisioned that Lennon John Lennon was just a phony now so he had to go out and kill him but he's carrying Catcher in the Rye with him. Uh, John Hinckley, the guy who shot Reagan a few months later, also was carrying Catcher in the Rye. Uh, that some people think that yeah, okay, well he just he just admired Chapman for what he did, and he was just trying to copy it. And of course they say you know he was in love with Jodie Foster and all that stuff. But <clears throat> so that's the trigger. Well, considering that you know it's thirty something years later, people don't really read that much anymore well what perfect trigger 
than a movie. And James Holmes was obsessed with the Joker. He was obsessed with that movie. Yeah. So that was part of the triggering process, probably. And then he was probably told, if it's even the same person, if he even shot anything, if he even shot anybody, uh, he may have just been sitting out there in the parking lot the whole time in the days, and then was told, "Here's what you're gonna do. Right? You're gonna surrender. You're gonna, you're gonna do this, and you're gonna say this. You're gonna tell them you got bombs in your apartment, and it's gonna start now. Snap the finger." Here come the cops. And yeah, get him. I, and he does what he's supposed to do. I found I found the Joker in the movie to uh, be be a really likable character too. You know, even though he's he's harming people and he's killing and doing all these hateful things, uh, he's he's just he's a really likable character. So he found something he could identify with. Yeah, you know, um, it, it's and and you know, back to Mark David Chapman, the guy who killed Lennon, he was. He doesn't remember it. He remembers none of it. Uh, and a funny thing is that the same psychologist that uh, visited Sir Han Sir Han in jail, same guy who visited who visits Mark David Chapman in jail, same guy. And I just find that really funny of a coincidence. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that they're linked somehow okay, we're, at all. We're only talking about what. 12 years difference between the two shootings. <laughs> so there's a link there somehow. Uh, now, <laughs> what would have been the purpose in killing John Lennon? You know, here's a guy that's just a, you know, he's a musician, right? But if you look into the history or of the, of his, of Lennon's life, you know, he was probably, you know, being that he was a Beatle, he was probably one of the most important, uh, figures in the counterculture in the early 70s. You know, this is a guy that had a lot of clout, a lot of influence on young people. Mm-hmm. And Nixon, uh, White House, they wanted to deport him. They wanted him gone. He struggled with being kicked out of this country. Okay. Um, they later relented. You know, of course, Nixon was gone because of Watergate. And they let him come in, and it really just you get his green card and allow him to be here in the United States. Uh, but at the same time, in '75, Lennon just gets out of public life. You know, he stays home and takes care of his son and doesn't release any music. Well, in 1980, he's coming back in. He's coming back out and to um, to make music again as a big comeback. And, you know, Reagan and the Republicans had been, and this is really paranoid on me, I know, but they had been reelected. And it's the idea that, you know, possibly that somebody that uh, policies you're going to have, you don't want somebody from the counter, the old 60s counterculture sitting there, um, you know, telling you that it's wrong. So somebody... Now, I don't think Ronald Reagan gave the say, you need to go kill him. But somebody said that, you know, it's time to get rid I think somebody decided it was time to get rid of him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, 
he in in his uh, his lyrics talking about uh, religious freedom and everything, and it's kind of goes against the ideas of what it seems they're trying to, you know, they're trying to yeah, well, mainstream thought. Just more of uh, just just more if you're going to try to to just screw people over again, this guy might come out and say, you know, hey, what you're doing is wrong. But, you know, that happens to all people like that. You know, Martin Luther King, there's a lot of weird stuff with that. Uh, that he is, that that was a political assassination, too. Yeah. You know, there's so many things of just like, you know, I said it in the first show. We think we're so special in America because, you know, we don't have things that go on in third world countries where there's like a government every three weeks and uh, the president gets killed, you know, like we... We make fun of at work about Nigeria, you know. <laughs> but I don't think we're any more special or any less special than anybody else. And, you know, we've got definitely forces in this world, in this country, that want to, um, that are just interested in just maintaining their power base. And they'll do anything, including murder, to, to, to do it. It's just that they got to put people up to just make this uh, this pretext that we're, you know, still a democracy. So, any insights or anything else you want to you want to speak of? Uh, mm, give me a sec. Uh, you can beatbox for us. I, I know. I know we can edit out anything <laughs> we need to, so I don't even care. Or Chris can. <laughs> yeah, he he looks real joyous back there, doesn't he? But yeah, it's uh. Just something that's been on my mind um, that I really wanted to talk about, and I really want to get you know some guests on here that know that know a whole hell of a lot more than I do about it, because it's one of those things that I find extremely interesting. Um, and you know, too, one of the things that I've the root word of assassin. Hashishin. Right. I mean, uh, the assassins were these this group that were in the Middle East and the Middle Ages that were out there, and they would uh, they would basically sell their services to whoever was uh, needing them. And what they would do is they would find these youth, and they would uh, they would drug them. And then they would take them to the palace, the assassin's palace, and then they would they were in the, the they were in their garden, and attended to by their lovely handmaidens, and then all of a sudden they were redrugged, put back out, and they would the assassins um, would come to them and say, hey, you know, you were in paradise for a while, and if you want to go back there. Here's what you're going to do. I want you to kill this guy. And that's what they would do. Yeah. And, and they would smoke hashish. They were under the the influence of hashish. Right. Which is like a really, really strong type of weed. <laughs> right. Yeah. They were under, yeah, they were under that. So hashishim and you get the word assassin. So the word itself comes from the idea, the, the idea of, uh, 
of might of someone that is already mind controlled, at least manipulated. Right. In in, in a really simple way though. In a really simple way. I want to, I want to read this. Okay. This is, um, from a book called, uh, who killed John Lennon by Fenton Bressler. He talks about Mark David Chapman and this book was written in 1988. Okay. And I'll read this and interject, but the the chapter is held, uh, so how was it done? How do you convert a law-abiding, God-fearing, as in Mark Chapman's case, individual into a murderer? And that's another thing about this James Holmes guy. This guy grew up in church, and that that sentence could apply to him. Okay? It's really quite simple. You catch him young or at his most vulnerable. The two often go together. You work your way into his confidence, perhaps under the guise of some benevolent paternalistic organization to which you both belong. You flatter him. You make him feel important. Set aside for a special mission that only he can accomplish. You subject him to hypnosis with or without the help of drugs which with many youngsters these days will not be all that difficult to tempt him to try. Then you keep him under surveillance, watched by close friends whose advice or helpful suggestions he readily accepts. If necessary for a while, you take him off to a totally alien setting, say Lebanon in the middle of a civil war, where he is both disoriented for the first time in his life and also blooded by close contact with the stench of human destruction. Now... What he says there is interesting. Because you don't even have to do that anymore. Because, as you know, we got a couple of friends who like to play a certain game. And Call- it's not just, not just that game, but others yeah. that really make you a little, I think... Call of Booty. Desensitized. <laughs> right? I'm not going to say the actual game title. Yeah. So this is, you know, this, this is 1988. What, what, what's around at that time? Like Frogger and Contra? <laughs> okay, but now we got these like I mean you know you you've played these things I don't yeah so you can you know it it's it's really I mean I I don't know I I find it a little odd that it seems to make people more aggressive and less sensitized toward death right. and stuff uh, but, but Grand Theft Auto did the same thing to me I'm, I'm sitting there not saying the title of the other one but I'll say that one sure they'll never find out anyways yeah. Um, after after playing a game like that for so many hours, it just kind of makes me wonder, you know, like uh, it it, it kind of gives you like an adrenaline rush, especially playing with people online because those are real people on the other end that you're shooting, yep. and uh, it's it's real uh, some it's, some tactical warfare. It's not like a battle simulator, but it it, it can be considered close. Yeah. So, know? do you really have to take somebody like in Chapman's case that they you know he's in Lebanon? Or Lebanon, and he's, you know, being desensitized. Right. Do you really have to take him out? You show someone um, the the excitement yeah. of warfare. You Come know, on, let's play a, Call of Duty <laughs> in in a safe setting like that. So continuing, um, you do not rush at it. You keep him on hold for months, even years, but he is always.
Okay, where was I? He's always. But he's always there, ready to be triggered for action. And once alerted, you never let him relax. You maintain the pressure. You do not let him off the hook of his own inner torment. The telephone rings. He picks it up. A familiar voice says, do it, do it, do it, and rings off. The phone rings again. You are holding Caulfield. You are holding Caulfield. You are holding Caulfield, says the same voice in dry monotone. In this case, could they have said, you are the Joker, you are the Joker? He returns home to find a note waiting for him pinned to the front door. Lennon is a phony. Lennon is a phony. Lennon is a phony. Always three times repetition. Yeah, interesting. The telephone rings in the middle of the night. He wakes up, reaches for the receiver, and hears, Catcher, 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 catcher. You are the catcher in the rye of this generation. He dials an outside call, and the same voice butts in. Kill the phony, kill the phony, kill the phony. He never knows what he is next going to hear, that voice on the telephone, which soon becomes almost indistinguishable from that other voice, which is also now inside his head repeating relentlessly the same pattern phrases. And when it is over, and the man he has shot is lying dead at his feet, he is at peace. He has achieved his destiny. Some may even claim that he has only done it to make himself famous. Read that the other couple weeks ago and thought it was pertinent, you know, at least pertinent to what's going on now. That that suggests, like, no chemicals or anything at all. Just just, uh, no chemical reaction in the brain, just straight. Sure. We know, though, that James Holmes, at least, was on uh, Vicodin, I believe, some other oh, really? kinds of drugs. I don't know how mind-altering that <laughs> they, were, they are, but... I'm not so sure about Vicodin. I haven't heard very much about it, but I know Xanax for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, you can go get... You, you can just go get a prescription for Xanax, man. Yeah. That's how that uh, chimpanzee tore that lady's face off. That's how they, they gave it Xanax. That's how an ex, ex-girlfriend's aunt stabbed uh, a few people and went to jail that night, not even knowing the next day what happened. Take a Xanax and you'll be okay. <laughs> you got you got lower back pains? Take a Xanax. Sleep on the wings. <laughs> sleep <laughs> sleep well on the wings of Lunesta. Sounds like there's a lot. Yeah, we're gonna get sued. Sounds like <laughs> sounds like there's a lot of uh, sounds like there's a lot of that mind control stuff going on. So. Uh, Anyway, yeah, we if we ever get really really popular, we better go through and bleep all that stuff out. Yeah, <laughs> from just, just bleep out the whole show, man. From now on, just say some. From now on, just say something similar. <laughs> right, <laughs> lunacy probably. Yeah, would be a good sleep one. well on the wings of lunacy. Yeah, I didn't think about that. You know, <laughs> that's, that's good. Loon, loon and lunacy, lo- lunar and lunacy have a common. Uh, I wonder if they thought about that when they marketed that drug. With that moth. That's what you're going to be seeing once you take too much of that stuff. <laughs> um, Side effects may include unexpected killing sprees and death. Right. <laughs> Slaughtering people. Uh, but I just wanted, you know, also to, to not just, you know, uh, go over, since we don't have a guest, maybe you're some of your thoughts about the guests that we've had on. Like, what do you... What's been your favorite so far? My favorite uh, has had had to be Prime. <laughs> just, Prime, just just because he and I shares like so many of the, the same. It's not your own brother, man. Just... <laughs> oh, I forgot, I forgot he was even a guest. <laughs> well, well, actually, um, um, 
in my defense, me and my brother discuss things all the time and stuff. So you already know sure. his standpoint on most of the things he said. He, he uh, there were a couple uh, new things that he'd never revealed to me before, but uh, you know, uh, Prime and I don't talk that much. So yeah, yeah, that was a good show. Yeah. Any anyone else? Hmm. Uh, I, I I thought a lot of things that Doctor Future had to say were really interesting. Uh, yeah. Just uh, when he was telling some of the stories about uh, like the idol, I don't know if you remember that or wait, was that him? <laughs> I th- yeah, I think he was talking a little bit about idols too, and and how they kind of possess people. Um. You know, if you give something so much thought and energy, yeah. like, like uh, the totem idol that, uh, uh, who was he that was talking about, the, the guy who went to Bohemian Grove, that guest. Oh, well, he didn't actually go to Bohemian Grove. He got invited, but then he oh, goes, oh, that's, that's okay. Tom Bionic. Yeah yeah. Yeah, 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 okay. Yeah, so, yeah, he was talking a little bit about the idols and stuff, too, and that that's really interesting yeah. to me, because I was looking into uh, making the humunculus, remember that? And yeah. I, I just was, I was really creeped out by the instructions, even though a lot of it. Describe the instructions. I think that's an excellent time to talk about that. Um, like this was your, you were actually serious about making a humunculus for well, a little while. Well, the only reason that I didn't is because I'm just lazy, you know. <laughs> just, well, I, I, we're going to get a little graphic here, folks. But so you got to describe the instructions. Man. Um, well, they, they were from. Uh, and you know I can't remember anything. You, you know the book with uh, the giant octopus monster. Uh, no, no. Uh, what I'm, uh, you know what the I'm talking about? The the, the the fiction that every, like uh, oh H.P. Uh, uh, Lovecraft. Yeah, yeah. H.P. Lovecraft. Cthulhu, yeah. yeah, the the Cthulhu thing. So, no, that's not the same book. The, the Necronomicon is part of it. Yeah. Not, well, yeah. it's a different book though. Still, and um. But they they were talking about in the instructions they they were mentioning like actual characters from this book and this is a serious supposed to you know supposedly serious written guide on how to make a humunculus and they were uh, Shub Negreth is is who they were uh, referencing <laughs> from the book and it's like the black goat god and and, and the the instruction was to uh, put a picture of Shub Negreth in a in a picture frame on an altar. What does Shub Negrith look like? It, it's crazy. It's uh, <laughs> it's all a bundle of like spaghetti bundle of tentacles and eyeballs and and horns and it's. I got to read that book. I have to read that book still. I I keep forgetting about it. I got, I have to read that. But anyway, yeah. So have have the picture of the black goat god on your altar. Yes, <laughs> that, that is that is an essential to making a humunculus. Uh, have a uh, tape recording of uh, goats braying, always <laughs> nice. playing, always playing on a loop. Um, and you have to do that for hours. You, you have to you have to play it on a loop. It can never end. Um, what I, I think it said forty forty six days to make this. Um, each day you're supposed to go ahead and say it. You have to go downstairs and masturbate into nice. the clay jar. Containing the uh, the clay jar containing the raw clay that is supposed to form your homunculus. Yeah, um, but you can't think of Kim Kardashian. You have you yeah, have to think of Shub. You Nebrov have to actually give you're doing that, right? give your sexual energy or Kundalini uh, to to the to making the the homunculus, the process of making it. 
and uh in the clay jar on the bottom and top there are uh insignias uh i forget, uh what do you call them esoteric symbols on the and the top and bottom of the jar i guess in relevance to you as as an occult magician i guess i am not sure how that goes so you have to um So you have to do all this stuff, and eventually a little guy's going to come out of the dirt? Yeah, uh, supposedly, whatever you envision, he's supposed to be molded in the clay that you put inside the jar. And after 46 days, you know, repeating semen blood inside the clay. Nice. Uh, after, after 46 days, he's supposed to arise from the pot. Either that or you just get a mess of blood, semen, and dirt. <laughs> and then dump it out disappointedly. <laughs> well, I guess you didn't let the goats pray long enough in the was, background. <laughs> that, that was actually before I knew that uh, the Cthulhu stuff was from the, a fiction. <laughs> and, Not, I can, and I can tell you that, you know, I saw this and it's just like a weird website. It's just text. There's no pictures or anything. It's just it's just text. Yeah. It was it was it was bizarre. Which strangely <laughs> just made me think that it was authentic for some reason, you know, just or made me feel like it was authentic this is just real, because people. just because there are no pictures and it was kind of an odd sight, you know, at the end of a list somewhere, you know, lost in cyberspace, so. Well, it's interesting cuz when I went to the um uh the Masonic Lodge and saw that book there of which uh incidentally Dr. Future managed to get a hold of a of a copy of that by the way. Yeah. I'm not sure if the, it's that, the, if it's that if it's that big or copy but he said most of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh it's uh it actually had a picture of uh of of I think it was like Paracelsus or somebody with a homunculi or something like that. <laughs> I was like, yeah, Luke would it, love this. I I definitely think it's real. I'm not sure that that's the exact process to do it. I do think that there's definitely something to uh, using the sexual energy because it's very powerful. Yeah, people underestimate it. And well, um, David Weatherly, you know, our last guest, he talked about um, tulpas and thought forms, which I think is really interesting. I'd like to know a little more about that. You don't remember that day? I no, I don't. This is when you think of something. And it actually becomes real. We discussed that, it, yeah. And then it begins to become a. Uh, it 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 begins to take on a life of its own apart from whoever thought of it. That was one of his, um, like lifelong studies. Yeah, that well, that was yeah one of his things that he studied, and one of the one of his theories that what the black eyed children are. Oh okay, that 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 definitely makes sense. I mean, especially if you if you get uh like other people on the bandwagon believing in the same thing. Chris is fascinated by the Kindle, by the way. <laughs> He's never seen one before before tonight. He's <laughs> got nothing to say. Yeah. He's the he's he's the silent partner. But uh anything else on your mind? Before we close out this short show. Hmm. Or any insights about our guests? I'll give you some of mine, I guess, if you want to take them. Okay. I, uh, probably my favorite guest so far, I think, has been David Weatherly. Uh, close second with Guy Malone. I thought those were two of our better interviews. Um, 
And of course, Doctor Future always will thank him. And he'll he'll come back on when he finishes his book. But uh, yeah, not, not to mention uh, Doctor Future introduced me to like the ayahuasca thing. I'd heard you talking about it before, yeah. and I decided to go look it up and research it after him. And it's something that I'm glad I've I looked up now. Yeah, Doctor Future would not tell you to take ayahuasca. I can tell you that. Sure. <laughs> I I definitely approve. I approve a hundred percent. Yeah, uh, under the supervision of shamans, trained shamans. Yeah, I just don't know. I'll let you be the guinea pig on that one. You can turn it. Hey, you can get, turn into a monkey. G- give me a few thousand dollars, and I'll go to Blue Morpho in Peru, in Peru any day. I just, you know, much as I've read about alien abductions and such like that, and that experience, and what Gamalaya was talking about about a large praying mantis, and uh, it just doesn't sound very pleasant to me. Well, you you face you face the demons, dude. You have to face them uh, several guess. times. Everybody's got them built up, and they, they have them, uh, you know, caking on their spirit, uh, just building up on it. And you you have to get rid of it first if you want to experience euphoria, euphoria, and uh, like the true connection with God. You gotta you gotta get rid of that stuff first. I'll let you face your demons, man. You can do it. <laughs> <laughs> The the uh, the guy at Blue Morpho, you know, in the documentary I was watching, he he tells people he's like, "You are going to meet God." <laughs> you know, they're all nervous and stuff. They don't they don't know what to think. You know, and uh, they go in there and it blows their mind the first few times. But then, um, well, th- I I hope it's God they're meeting, man. That's all. Not not the other people. Yeah, you know how I feel about that. Yeah. But, uh, well, I mean. Y- Re- reoccurring in the in the two documentaries that I've watched, like the the users, all you keep hearing them talk about is just just love that they were feeling, you know. And, and to me, you know, after after you faced all of the demons and, and like I'm talking about in the beginning, you know, how could that be evil in any way? When you just feel like a love and genuine interest in everything in the world, you know, that's I suppose it's all perspective. Yeah, yeah, I suppose it's all perspective. Um. What do you think about our mix of guests so far? Like, uh, it's, you know, it's been diverse. That, yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's been pretty diverse. And that's what I've been trying to go for. Um, some of these people, like Dr. Future, Tom Bonnick, of course, they're good friends of mine. Uh, you know, Guy Malone, I've only really just gotten to know him. Uh, but... You know, some of them, they're, they're in, the, in, in the Christian community, kind of like the alternative Christian community. And, but, you know, I'm trying to get other guests on, too, that are, you know, have different viewpoints. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you said that. And next week, we're, we're, or next time, I think we're going to have a, a really uh, interesting guest named Adam Go Rightly, who's going to talk. We'll talk about, like, a, probably a lot of stuff like the Manson family and uh, oh, that's interesting. conspiracy and uh, yeah, discordianism. I remember I was talking... Um, a while back about the uh how the Manson family used uh, a place not too far away from where I grew up as kind of a hideout. Hippie holler. Hippie holler. Yeah, uh Short Mountain, Tennessee. Short Mountain. Uh apparently is a a private commune that's been there for several decades. They don't let you four wheel through there? No, you you uh you can't even go close to it. There, there's people always on watch, and they'll turn you away. And uh, back in high school, 
uh, everybody would dare each other, you know, I dare you to, to drive your truck down to Hippie Hollow and see what happens, you know, because there's all kinds of rumors going around about what was going on in there, you know, homosexuality and, and aggressive, <laughs> aggressive tendencies and all of that. And, um, Bunch of hippies in the woods, man. But, uh, yeah, I, um, <laughs> apparently his, uh, Charles Manson's family uh, used to live there. I think they're all cleared out of there now, but the commune really? still continues. Yeah, really, because mo- most of his family lived in Kentucky, but like just some, uh, he maybe one or two of his relatives, an aunt and uncle or something yeah. like that, lived lived in Short Mountain. And well, and, when um, you refer to the family, that's really like his like cult that he had, like his hippie well, cult. Um, fr- from what I've read, it's talking about actual family, like his actual his actual family. family supposedly lived in Kentucky in Southern Kentucky. And uh, so this is, you know, kind of close to that area anyway. And, and what's the, the strangest thing about all of that is I actually looked up the street name uh, where Hippie Hollow is located, and it's called Bible Camp Road now. Yeah. Interesting, dude. <laughs> is it a Bible camp? I, I, I don't know. Mm. I, can't, I didn't even see anything on the Internet about it. It reminds me of, like, Children of the Corn or something, man. It's a little creepy. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, even even when I was younger, it was obviously, like, a dark place. You know, they were trying to keep people out and secretive and, you know. Yeah. How many aggressive hippie communes do you know of? Yeah. Uh, to uh, kind of conclude... Just if anyone is out there of the like prayer mode uh, that believes in prayer and the power of it or whatever you believe in, uh, we have some people that are close to us that are going through some hard stuff. We're not going to go into what it is, but if you guys could just send some light their way, that would be really nice. So just want to throw that out there to the universe. That's all. Won't elaborate, but that's it. So, but uh, anything else you want to add, Luke? Uh, I don't know, man. You start sparking subjects, and I'll keep on going. <laughs> yeah, man. We could do this all night. We got 13 more hours in Audacity to record. <laughs> um, this is one thing interesting, cool about the uh, before we go, like uh, the Manson family stuff, and uh, we were talking about the John Lennon assassination. Uh, like uh, some interesting synchronicities there. Uh, um, Rosemary's Baby is a horror movie from the 60s, and it was filmed in the Dakota Building uh, in New York City. The director of Rosemary's Baby was Roman Polanski, who was married to Sharon Tate, who was one of the ones that the, the Manson family murdered, okay? Uh Charles Manson said that he was inspired by the Beatles' White Album by the song Helter Skelter. And that he was, that that basically was what he saw was like his his reason to kill. Uh, well, in 1980, when Mar David Chapman killed John Lennon, where John Lennon lived in the Dakota building, right in front of the Dakota building where the Rosemary's Baby was filmed. It's like a full circle synchronicity. Hmm. So, it's really weird. <laughs> so, I want to throw that out there. It kind of gives ready for our, for our guest next uh, next time. So, cool. But uh, I will call it, and uh, 
Hope everybody has a good night. I will start posting uh, on the show notes. Really should have been doing this all along. Uh, to the to the Facebook page. Uh, so please like us on Facebook. And also, uh, I'll post to the blog, even though I don't post a lot there. It's kind of my fault. But uh, if there's anything else you want to talk about, Luke, we'll call it a night. Our first guestless show in a long time. Uh, I don't really have any words of wisdom right now, so. All right, I think that's better. No better words of wisdom were ever spoken, my friend. <laughs> All right, let's call it. Join us next week on uh, Conspiranormal.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money. 